all of a sudden I'm thrown off my couch. I'm hanging in midair, wave off the floor. My hands are kind of out in front of me and I could not even move my eyes. Welcome back, everyone. I'm here again with Jeffrey Seelman. Jeffrey, it is a pleasure seeing you again. Thanks, Sean. I'm happy to be on the show. All right. Well, we left off on a bit of a cliffhanger. So you have a production company that's interested in filming this clearing. And there are three women who want this thing cleared yesterday, and they don't have the patience to allow cameras in at this point because they just want this horror or however they describe it to go away what happens next when three young women contacted them and then they were talking back and forth out of my earshot so what happened was they said yes you can film us but we want to keep the date for jeffrey we can't live in this condominium anymore this is happening every day shadows passing forth and, and so forth all the stuff things that were happening and so this only intrigued sightings even more it's like wow you can't even wait no chance to be on television they didn't really care and mm -hmm. so what happened was they said we can't be out there by friday but we can be out there by saturday we'll put you in hotels you don't have to be in your condominium and we'll put you in hotels and you can no longer talk to jeffrey because all of this must be above board so you can no longer talk to jeffrey only we can and we'll put you in hotels and that way you don't have to be in your condo and then we'll all meet on saturday we'll do some interviews and let jeffrey do his exorcism then we'll film everything and then they called me and told me all of this as well and the women had agreed to that and so that saturday i went out there and and that is exactly what had happened they had flown in the television crew from hollywood and they did some interviews with us separately. One of the women decided not to participate. So it was only two of them that were actually there. The one didn't want to be on television, but she wanted the problem solved. Just get Jeffrey in there, clear our condo, so we can go and start living again. Because this is happening every day. And so I went out there, and this is my first time on national television, and maybe television of any kind. And of course, the only show on TV relating to anything supernatural. And so I went out there and I determined that it was a voyeur spirit that had died. And now that he could not be seen, a male that could not be seen, was in the home of these three women and essentially spying on them and trying to get as close to them as possible. The goal was not to scare them. The goal was to spy on them and to get all three of these women. And this doesn't matter, but the fact was they were very good looking. They were 22 mm -hmm. years old and they happened to be very great in shape and all that. And he just found them to be of interest. And so this is what I determined by going in there. And so I did my thing. Every clearing and exorcism is different, Sean. And so I didn't even really know what I was going to do. I don't have a formula. Everything is different every time. And it's been that way for 34 years. And so I just went in there and I just kind of, something came to mind and I did it. I, I could see the spirit and I did this thing I've never done before. 
and the whole thing cleared up. And then we did a couple of more interviews. And so the next thing I hear is a call from the women, maybe a few weeks later, and they said, Jeffrey, the problem is gone. And I didn't hear anything more of it until I actually saw the episode on television. And then the guy who's narrating this whole thing said, and the problem has never returned. And I thought, oh, that's great. I felt good. You know, I mean, I'm, number one, my job is to get rid of these kind of things, these problems. So these three innocent young women could go back to living their life without terrible things happening, mm -hmm. being held down at night, you know, arms around their feeling, all sorts of things, indentations in their bed, shadows passing between the shower curtain, something's in the bathroom, and it's not one of the other girls. And so it all ended right then and there. To advertise on Through a Glass Darkly, email throughglassdarkly ads at gmail.com. And so that kind of started a ball rolling with the media where I started to get more offers of being on television and also local radio stations and going into the stations and talking about what I do. And of course, they'd laugh at me that it didn't solve all my problems, meaning that I would go into these right. stations and they would actually laugh in my face. But I am an honest person. And so what I would say would be things like, I'd answer their question in the radio station. I'd be in the radio station with them, the morning show with the three disc jockeys. And I would say, but I bet your listeners out there have all had an experience of something they cannot explain. Almost everybody has. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden the boards would light up and all of a sudden they stopped laughing. And they'd also say stuff like, you know what, when you walk around our studio, we can feel this wind around you. And they would, just, they would just say stuff. And I would just do show after show in these different rock and roll stations and country music stations. And I'd be in the studio. And they would just say, like, when you walk around us, we'd ask you to take a look at our studio, if you can feel anything. And I could actually hear them snickering. And it bothered me a little bit, but I had a job to do. And that's to be honest. And so they'd say, it's weird. And I still had the recordings. Of all the stuff that I did, I had people record it for me and sometimes even leave it in my car where I'd push play, <laughs> record and go in the studio and do this. And if I wanted to record it, I want and all that. And they'd say, it's weird. They say to the audience, when this guy walks around, there's a wind walking with him. It's spooky and weird at the same time, but there's something different about this guy. They stopped laughing. And it happened again and again and again. And this would be in the late 90s and early 2000s. And so that's kind of how that came about. And that just happened more and more. And of course, that attracted more attention. I started doing larger radio shows. I did more television shows. I did news reports in my home city. I did national shows. I did 13 Most Shocking Hollywood Curses with Linda Blair and Ellen Burstyn. Mm -hmm. And so it just led to people calling me and saying, hey, I have a problem in my home or in my business. Spirits also attack businesses. You can actually get rid of more people and destroy their lives at once. Take down a business. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can imagine that would be where there's actually more negative energy than people would think. You probably see it more in businesses than you do in homes. I mean, yeah, I remember a, yeah. I, I I worked at the top of the Transamerica building for a few months and the person who kind of owned it, an extremely negative personality. But even when he wasn't there, you could feel it. Like it was just it just didn't feel right. The energy was like all wrong, all off. But anyway, to your point, those places can be extremely negative. I, I think it happens as often as it happens in a home. The negative spirits don't need money and they don't need fame. This is not mm -hmm. what they're after. Most spirits are good and, and some are not. And most people are good and some are not. And so the idea of a negative spirit, now a negative spirit would just be a person who is dead and continues to do negative things. Very small portion of all spirits. Most spirits, like people, are good and they would never bother people. They might help people, like saying mm -hmm. the concept of spirit guides, which I think we all have, but they don't cause any kind of trouble. And then there is the more powerful spirit, something like a demonic spirit, which I believe is sort of like the counterpart of an angel. And they're very powerful and they're able to do all sorts of things and even move physical objects and things like that. And I run into them in my work as well. And so I simply have got more work as time went on. And that is true to this day. As I became more and more well known in my field, I'm sort of the go to person for people who have problems. And some of these problems might just be an accumulation of feelings in the home. Mm -hmm in the form of emotional energy, which may not be visible, but we can feel it. Everybody has had an experience of walking into some kind of restaurant or home apartment and saying, place looks nice, but it doesn't feel good. When the United States and China clash, the world will never be the same, especially when forces beyond reality threaten to intervene. What if the United States went to war with the People's Republic of China? How would these rivals fight for supremacy on land, sea, air, and across the stochastic streams of time? What wonder weapons would be unleashed? What horrors would emerge from the irradiated sludge of the South China Sea? What heroes would rise and forever change the course of history? Tread into the deepest and darkest dimensions of the multiverse, gaze through a kaleidoscope of fractured realities, and bear witness to the disturbing visions of World War III from today's greatest minds in science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Weird World War, China. Available now from Bain Books at Bain.com. What are they feeling? They're feeling emotional energy. And it may be from 100 years ago, or just an accumulation of things that are happening and also things that are happening in the now arguments between people husband and wife or significant others whatever it might be and so this happens and so i've been pretty busy and now in today's world as we do this show that there are more problems than ever and so mm -hmm. i'm busier than ever actually funny you mentioned that so i was at a convention it's a publisher's convention, nothing to do with any of these topics, but there was a woman who is a writer, and we got into talking about exorcism. She's extremely Catholic, like super Catholic. I'm Catholic too, but I don't 
you know, practice as often as I should. But she mentioned in passing that the number of exorcisms that the Catholic Church has done has been accelerating, has been going upward right now. A lot of them, to your point, I think when we were off camera, there's some that they don't do properly, i.e. they don't properly vet whether or not there's psychological issues. They generally tend to do that first and rule it out, but sometimes they slip through. But the same vein, there's something in the air right now, neither positive nor negative, but I think a lot of the things that are happening globally it's almost looks like there's like a, a, a quickening, a great revealing of all the kind of the old world and things are just being exposed for what they truly are. And I think it's forcing some sort of a shift, like a global shift. And we just have to see the bad before we can kind of change to the good. And I think all of this is part of the process. But again, it's very nonspecific. It's just the energy feels that way. I think you're very accurate, Sean. You're very accurate. Our world is in more trouble now than it ever has been. We have a lot of things going on. We don't have to talk about it. Everybody listening already knows. And so right now, I think that people, through the process of evolution, which also does work hand in hand with everything, what people might call spiritual or religious, is all coming together meaning that people are naturally becoming more psychic. I think everybody has psychic ability. Psychic ability is nothing more than perception. Nothing less, but nothing more. And so I think that everybody's becoming more perceptive, and that is scary. And so Mm. it's not quite gelling yet, but I think it has to happen, or it could be the end of us as a race, because right now we're very busy destroying everything. We're not getting along with each other. We're not getting along with each other. We're not doing things right. We have arguments about the environment. We have arguments about religion. We have arguments about people and themselves and differences. We just can't go on with this kind of thinking. And I think that our consciousness is being raised up not only by a natural evolutionary process, but also by spirits. I think they are involved in this. If there are such things as higher spirits, I'm not talking about our dead relatives. I'm talking about what people might call angels or something. Mm-hmm. Some people say, could say God, and that would be also, I think, accurate. There's no reason that that's, this does not exist, the concept of God. I think it makes a lot of sense, personally. And so if you're an exorcist, you better believe in something higher. And so you were talking about Catholic stuff. One of the things that I really truly believe is that to be a good exorcist, you have to be psychic. Because then at least you know what you're seeing. And so one of the problems is, is that you can go into some place where you think there's a spirit and you can do the Catholic rite of exorcism or every religion and tradition has some form of exorcism ritual. And they're really actually very good and they work. And I have no problem with the Catholic rite of exorcism, very powerful. But the problem is, is that the priests very often aren't psychic, and they should be. It should be required that they actually can see what they're doing, as opposed to just doing it and hoping, mm-hmm. and using higher spirits and saying, well, let's clear this place out, but how do you know that it's clear unless you can see what the problem was in the first place, hence you have a person like me. And so 
I'll tell a very quick story that might kind of cross some of this thing very quick. Mm-hmm. In 2004, the large country music radio station here in Milwaukee, which actually won an award for being the best country station in the country several years ago, a very big station, very popular. I had been on their station before in their studios, and they actually decided they called me up one day and said, Jeffrey, we would like to do a contest with a business. And we're going to go on the radio and you're going to first do an interview on the telephone and we're going to have a contest. Whatever business has the worst problem, you're going to go in there and we're going to come with you and you're going to do an exorcism and we're going to describe it to the people. It was at radio station, so it was not shot with video. And so they did this contest out of my earshot. I wasn't involved in any of this. I thought it was going to be some kind of factory or slaughterhouse or something, a place where I usually get calls from, you know, or as far as some kind of problematic place or whatever, or some restaurant that's going downhill or something that's going on. Turns out that it was a gourmet bakery and it wasn't really so much a spirit. The guy didn't really know what was going on and just felt really bad in there. And he said, I make great cakes and wonderful stuff and people like my food but they don't like my place. And it was a very old building. Mm -hmm. And so I went there early in the morning. And so I did a clearing and the radio station was there and I cleared it out and he goes, wow, this feels a lot better. He goes, this feels great. And even called me up a couple of weeks later and goes, you know what? People really like the place now. They said the atmosphere has changed. My food hasn't changed. It's always been good. And it was, he even gave us some cake and the radio station too. But anyways, that night, what happened was, was this, just at the end of the show, it was a live show, they said, when we come back from this commercial break, Jeffrey is going to describe the lunar eclipse that's happening tonight. And I thought, oh my God, I don't even know that there was a lunar eclipse tonight, and I don't know anything about them. What am I going to say? And so what happened was they came back and said, oh, you've run out of time. We can't have Jeffrey talk about the lunar eclipse. And I went, (laughs) thank you. That's not my specialty. You know, it's great stuff, but I I didn't know that was happening. So anyways, I go home back to my place. And that night I hear a voice in my head and it said, go outside. It was at nighttime. Now it's dark. And it said, go outside and rededicate your life to your work. They said it loud in my head, and these are my spirit guides who I work for. I work for higher spirits. I'm not doing Star Clear by itself. I'm not doing this work by myself. No good exorcist would. And so mm-hmm. essentially I did this. It took about three minutes. I meant it, every word I said, but what am I going to say? I dedicate the rest of my life to this. And so I went back into my apartment and I sat down and I was completely sober no alcohol, no drugs of any kind. And I sat down on my couch and all of a sudden I am tossed up into midair and held there. And I had rented an apartment, essentially a flat that used to be a store and had a big picture window. And so the ceiling was really high. And so here I am, I must have been at least five feet off the ground. And now I'm held in midair. And this is not this is not like out of body. This is like physical oh, it's le- levitation. Physical as it, it ever could be. I was terrified 
He goes, I didn't see it coming. All of a sudden, I'm thrown off my couch. I'm hanging in midair, wave off the floor. My hands are kind of out in front of me, and I could not even move my eyes. I wasn't sure if I was dying or something. You know, a person who anybody would think that, you know, what's going on? And no, I was no warning of anything like this happening. And so three things happened at once. With my mind, I've always been able to see with my mind. People call it the third eye. I use this in my work. I saw a very, very large book next to me, huge book, you know, thousands of pages. It was not the Bible. And it was turning really quickly, pages faster, faster and faster and faster. All I could really see out of the corner of my eye where it was full of symbols and also a language I was not familiar with. I've not read and I've studied different languages and there's no language I've ever seen before. I don't know what it was. And at the same time, I heard a male voice start to say things, but I couldn't understand what it was saying. But I had a feeling it had something to do with the book. At the same time, the third thing that happened was I felt something pressing into my back. And I felt like information coming into me. It was as like some kind of download, download, I guess you'd say it, you know? And so this is 2004. So we had computers and DVDs and all that kind of thing, but I couldn't move. I could not move to look to see what was behind me. I could see what was kind of happening aside of me with this book that was floating in midair. But essentially I wanted to see who was pressing something into my back because there was a huge wind in the apartment. I felt like, this wind, except for nothing was moving. All right, I had papers around too. They weren't moving. Like the whole thing was like in some kind of wind tunnel. It was so weird. I was terrified and it was sweating bullets. And so, but I remember that back in the 1990s, I used to do these experiments by myself where I would stand with my eyes closed and I would try to turn my gaze around and see what was behind me. It was just one of these little metaphysical exercises I used to do at home. And I said, well, now's the time. I thought, because this went on for like 15 minutes. And so that's what I did. I simply turned my mind around. I couldn't turn my eyes or my body. I was kind of like this. And I simply turned my mind around. And what I saw was a very long, white, bony hand, one hand with very, very long fingers and a white robe that was kind of shimmering that was hanging down. And it was pushing what looked to me like a CD into my back. And even right then and there, even though that I was just terrified and it was very hard on my body, in my mind, whatever they were doing to me or it or whatever was very hard on my body or mind, but I was smart enough to know because I've had things happen to me before, but nothing mm -hmm. so physical other stories from other times we can get into some time. And so I've had a lot of interesting things happen to me that, that people might consider to be supernatural that helped me with my work that changed me. But I thought to myself, this is symbolic. They're not pushing a CD into my back. That's what they want me to see or you know, whoever it is. They want me to see, okay, I can understand this because I'm a technology guy. I used to work for an internet company a few years before that and also do star clear at night. And so the idea is that I thought, okay, this is what they want me to see. They want me to, to know that they're pushing information into my back. Me being a music lover and collector my whole life, coming from a family of collectors, 
I could relate to that. It gave me a little sense of peace. But at the same time, it was so hard on my body that I thought that I was going to die. It was that hard in my body. And I felt information coming at me from the book, from this voice that could barely understand. It was very deep, a male voice. And also this hand pushing this CD into my back or DVD, whatever you want to call it. And all of a sudden, after about 15 minutes or so, I simply midair, I simply screamed, I can't take it anymore. And the whole thing stopped and I fell to my carpet. And I'm really glad to this day that I had carpet because I actually landed on my knees. First, I hit my floor with my feet, but I went down and hit my knees. And had it been a wooden floor or a cement floor, which is actually below me because it used to be a store, that I would might have hurt myself. So I went into my office. I had a two-bedroom apartment, and one was a bedroom and one was my office. And I had this big computer thing set up with different screens. I love technology. Most psychics don't, but I do. And so I put on the a news channel, CNN, on my computer. And I never even looked at it. I just sat there shaking and thinking, what is this? Am I dying? Or is my spirit guides again doing something to me? Usually before it was something psychological and emotional and giving me information, but not so physical. Mm -hmm. This was the first really wildest physical thing that ever happened to me. And so I sat there in this chair, in my office chair, shaking for about half an hour, thinking either I'm going to die or I'm going to live. And so after half an hour, a very strange feeling came over me. I started to feel some euphoria, which means essentially feeling really, really good. And I'm not really susceptible to euphoria. It's not the way I think. I don't think everything is wonderful and I don't think everything is negative. It's kind of in between for me. It's always been like that. So I, I'm not a person that likes, like, everything is wonderful. But I started to feel that way. I started to feel, like, really good. And it was just weird. I said, wow, I'm really feeling really good, suspiciously good. But I realized that I knew 30 times more about exorcism than I did an hour and a half earlier. And I thought there's more in there too. I said, oh, why do I know all these things? All of a sudden now, the first thing I thought was, how come I know all these symbols? How come I know what to do? The next morning I had a client, you know, and I had to clear this young man who was not feeling very well and had really been through some bad places and spaces. And it wasn't just about that or anything, but I aced it, you know, it was like, wow. And he was feeling better. And it was like, wow, all of a sudden I know how to do all these things I didn't know how to do two hours or an hour and a half earlier. I took a shower to wash off the sweat because I, had, I was sweating bullets during this thing. Mm -hmm. Why? I don't know whether it was something they were doing or just my fear. I do not know to this day. And it's interesting because I'm very much in connection with my spirit guides, some of whom are alien, by the way. And I, I've said so in my books and also on the radio and television. I got to give credit where credit is due. I have alien spirit guides and they've taught me many things. And there, I can talk more about that as well and the things that happened that year after that. But the idea is that I all of a sudden knew all of this stuff and I realized that all the stuff is inside of me and I'd be able to access it whenever I needed it.
And so that was probably the wildest thing that really ever happened to me physically. I'll say one more thing on that because I do like to give credit where credit is due. And I have had had a lot of contact with aliens and because there are a lot of aliens out there. That just means people from different planets. That's it. And so a lot of planets out there. And so just a couple of months after this, I was actually working from my flat. You know, it's a lower part of a house. There was nobody upstairs at the time. And so I was working on a client and I had a massage table and a woman had hired me to do a simple clearing on her, which means she only felt negative and negative emotional energy. While I was working on her, I felt these hands run right through my body and right through my arms and right into this woman. And at the same time this happened, I stopped because I thought, uh oh, I'm under attack. But I didn't feel negative. And so I kind of just held it there. I just stopped the clearing, but I didn't say anything. And I didn't do anything. But I heard a very strong voice in my head in my mind, it was not out loud. And it said, you're not doing this correctly, Jeffrey, let me show you how to clear specific negative energy. And I'm paraphrasing here. So I heard this voice say to me, let me show you how to do this. So you know how to clear people properly. Because you're only getting part of the negative emotional energy out of people. And so I thought, okay, I'm not getting any negative feelings. I know when there's a negative thing in me or around me or anything like that. Whatever this is, is not negative. And I said, it looks to me like an alien. It's got weird arms and long fingers. These are not how spirits appear to me. And it had these long luminescent hands and it went right inside of this woman. She still to this day doesn't know this. <laughs> I never did tell her. I heard this voice saying, okay, now do this, do that. Make sure you look for this and you look for that. And I was just listening in my mind. And it was just showing me, I let the spirit actually do this clearing. And I just kept up with my hands on the sides of her head lightly, listening to this spirit. But here's the thing. If somebody comes into your mind, you also can come into its mind. It's simply a non-physical law. Mm -hmm. Any psychic who's worth their weight in salt can tell you that. And so what I did was while it was doing this and, and speaking to me and I was listening, I turned my mind around and looked, I did see the alien, but more importantly, I noticed that he was actually working from his office on another planet. How do I know this? I saw his office and his windows. And what I saw in the background was an orange atmosphere in a city in the background, like his office was in some kind of suburb or something of this mm -hmm. home planet. It was orange in the atmosphere. And I saw things flying around, meaning that whatever they had, they had like flying vehicles. Some were going this way and some were going that way. And I, I got a look and I said, this guy is actually working from his office on me. He's not in my apartment. Part of it might be like through an astral traveling type thing, a portion like when we're dreaming, we're sending out a portion of ourselves. We can talk about that some other time as well. But the idea is that that I noticed that he was still in his office. And then I was looking around and looking out his office windows and stuff, and I saw his home planet and spirits don't do that to me. And also that this was not a negative thing. He was teaching me how to do things right. And I started using these techniques right away. 
because I was thinking, thank you. It was really nice because of the clearing. And the woman said, wow, I feel a lot better. Thank you so much. And she was a highly intelligent professional woman. And she was not claiming to be possessed or anything like that. She just felt negative and wanted me to do a simple clearing on her. And at the end of the clearing, she goes, I feel great. And that was pretty much it. And that was really the beginning of aliens actually coming to me in astral form and not just one, but this particular alien still comes to me very often and teaches me how to do my job better to this day. And this was you in 2004. What, what did it look like? Were you it, it, very different. Now we're not talking about, you know, what I saw when I was a kid, what came into my bedroom. This particular being had a very long head, had very long fingers and very long arms and looked very luminescent to me. It didn't look like a humanoid at all. The only thing that I saw that was interesting that we might relate to is it had two eyes, two arms and two legs. Other than that, it had a very long head and very thin, it had two eyes and also it was kind of orange bluish. And it kind of looked like almost kind of a liquid plastic. And I attributed that at the time and since then to the idea that they have an entirely different atmosphere and pressure system, meaning that, and I, I since had a few discussions with this alien about that, that he could not survive in our atmosphere, which is why he doesn't just simply materialize in front of me in the physical and say, here I am and let's sit down here on the couches that I have here and let's talk and all of that. Does he come and talk to me all the time? And also other aliens that look very different. Some with more than two eyes, some with more than two arms, some with more than two legs. The whole host of them come to me and it's always about my work. And so a lot of you might be asking out there, well, why don't you ask them all these important questions like, how'd you get here? And what's your planet like? and all these different questions that any normal scientist would want to know. But I never do these things. I always simply ask them about how I can do my job better. It's all business. Not to say they're mm -hmm. not friendly. They are. They're and very friendly. Think, I get very good vibes from them. What do you think their purpose is? I think they're trying to help the human race. I think they know we're in trouble deep trouble. They probably have gone through this themselves on their own evolutionary history of their home planets. And they know what it's like. And they know also that civilizations can destroy themselves. Mm -hmm. We're not impervious to destruction by warring with each other and killing each other, hating each other, and destroying our own planet on a physical level. And so somebody is going to save us from that. There's no evidence to that. They're under the impression that that's not the way it works. We've got to save ourselves. We've right. got to stop hating each other and start working together and start fixing things, including how we think about each other, our differences, and also taking care of our planet and not destroying it through pollution and everything and all that kind of thing. And so I think what they're trying to do is I don't think that I'm the only person they're working with. I think that they're working with other people. As a matter of fact, they've told me so. Mm -hmm. I'm not the only person that they're contacting. I'm just one of them. I've asked them about that. And no, no, you're just one person. And 
We're teaching you, you have your part to play in other groups. They mentioned groups and also other people. They are contacting, but they have never said anything about the government, by the way. <laughs> None of them yeah, have ever said to me, we're working with your government. I've even asked them about it a little bit. We do kind of talk a little bit, you know, when we're talking and they're teaching me things, you know, I ask them questions. I said, you know, things about, do you have wives or husbands and all that? Yes, we do. And we also have a sense of humor and we feel sadness and happiness and very much like us. You just don't look like us. Other than that, I think they're very much are like us in a lot of ways. And they're just maybe ahead of us in technology. And also maybe they've gotten past some of the hatred stuff and you guys are different. So you guys are evil. They can't afford to do that and still maintain their society type of thing. I really haven't gone into a lot of that with them, you know, but just a little bit, but uh, a lot of different kinds of aliens have come to me and taught me things and I can see them visually, except for they're not really physically here. Like they were when I was a child, a lot of them are coming here and I can just tell by looking at them, they're not going to survive in our atmosphere and pressure system. Some of have them kind of look almost like spiders or fish or something like that. And they have more than two eyes and more than two arms. And the reason that they don't come here is two reasons. One is that they wouldn't survive in the pressure system. And it's also two, it's a lot cheaper, meaning that I don't know if they use money or anything like that, but why travel across space? when they can simply come from their home planet in five straight seconds and teach Jeffrey Seelman what I need to know, and then they can go right back into their body. Yeah, it takes less and energy. Not about money, but it takes less energy. Absolutely, right. a lot and no physical spaceships required. Although I have talked to aliens who said they are here in spaceships, meaning that they're either in our atmosphere or they're around our planet in a spaceship and that they simply have sent part of themselves down from the spaceship to meet with me and teach me things. But I don't really ask a lot of questions because I don't know anything about propulsion systems. I myself would like to know how they get here so quickly. I don't believe they're taking 100,000 year trips. I think they're getting, hmm. there's no five o'clock shadows going on. I think well, they that, might already, there might be some of them already live, like if they could be could millions be. of years. Could but, be. And I think they probably have found a shortcut anyway, and they have a different way of getting here. But it doesn't really interest me that much because I don't even know how a car engine works. I was kicked out of shop class the first day of high school only because they said, I looked at a car engine and I went, what is that? They said, Jeffrey, you need to change a class. You know, you're not going to be good at engines. And so I don't ask them technical questions. I only ask them questions about how I can do my work better and how it can be of more service to the human race. These are the but questions. Have they given you a them. sense of this quickening sort of concept? Is that like a real thing? Yes, yes, because they seem very concerned. They, they come to me more and more often. This is not happening less and less often, Sean. Mm -hmm. This is happening more and more often. It's happening. I do it every week anyway, much less several times a week. You know, this happens several times a week now. And they'll come to me and they'll simply modify me. I mean, they're modifying what's ever inside of me so that after they leave, I know how to do things and that's it. And so they're not just telling me things. 
They're actually doing things to me. They're changing have they said anything inside of me. Have they said anything or mentioned anything about some sort of a contact event in 2026 or 2027? I have not asked them specifically. All I can really speak to is that I think there's going to be some kind of contact coming up because this is happening more and more to me. And there mm -hmm. seems to be a sense of urgency I get from them that things are on earth here, that they're very concerned about things happening on earth, whether it be from the planet itself, which they may also be occupying and also using for some reasons. And also, I think they're concerned about the human race because there's so many good people here on earth. And we're kind of being bowled over by the people in charge, so to speak. Mm -hmm. that they're creating wars and teaching us to hate each other. And people get on television uh, by saying, I don't like these people and those people and they're wrong and they're wrong and God says they're wrong or whatever, you know, and this is all not true. That's what I believe. And so there's a sense of urgency going on. My feeling is, my personal feeling, this is not something that they told me, but a feeling that I've been getting over the last couple of years is that they are going to make an appearance and it's not going to be to our government. Because yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't think they, I think they, interest. I think they've appeared many times to our government and they government may have. and, and not, maybe not intentionally, but any, yeah, any I mean, contact event you know, that is, people who are, are, are you know, I was in the military. Air Force and our fighters certainly come across them or people flying around come across some airline pilots who I've worked with, military pilots I've worked with and civilian pilots I've worked with who have reported to me lost time coming across ships. I work with these people to help them because it's been terrifying to them. Not that the aliens terrified them, just the fact that they saw something at all that, that they can't explain. And also, it tends to change their minds, meaning that they seem to, when they encounter these ships or aliens, that whatever's inside of them, they're never quite the same. That it seems to change them on some kind of psychic level. Even coming close to these aliens, they're not quite the same. And so it'd be my educated guess, working with aliens, that at some point, I would think in the near future, they're going to make themselves known but I don't think it's going to be through our government agencies because people are so angry at, at all the different governments on our planet that they're not going to trust what they see. Right. And so it'll be more likely they're going to land in public places and say, here we are. And it's probably not going to be a real long meeting. It's probably going to be something that's short and sweet and that we'll be back. And we just want you to know that we care. And maybe you guys should start caring about each other and stop hating each other over these small differences, little tiny stuff. And this is something that they probably understand very well from their history. I do talk to them about this a little bit, so I can speak from some knowledge in something that I've never understood. This hatred that we have that's being propagated mm -hmm. by the media, not all media, but the media itself. Most, you know, right. dislike these people, they're different. Dislike these people, they're a different color, different sexuality, all these little tiny differences. We all look the same to them. <laughs> a quote I can tell you from one alien one time was, 
you all look the same to us. You think you are different just because you're different colors and different sizes and shape? No. We don't look anything like you, and when we come across you, you kind of look the same to us. We don't see these big differences in you that you see in each other. This is something that was told to me by an alien, and I was kind of laughing. We are having this discussion, as we do sometimes, in between these changes that are going about in me, which is this is really about. They don't so much come down and talk to me as much as they come down and change me. They come down and do things to me, and then we talk a little bit, maybe a little bit of small talk. And I ask them a couple of questions, maybe, and what's your home planet like or whatever little stuff that really might interest me. I would love to see some of their spaceships and I want to know what kind of food they eat and all this kind of stuff that maybe a government would not be interested in. A human well, would they be. Would. They would, but they would be interested for different reasons you'd be interested. Yeah, I mean, I have my own concepts. I ask them more mundane questions about food and real stuff. Quick question, and real quick question for you, because uh, I think we have to end the episode shortly. The clearing before you had your experience with the gourmet bakery what was it why was it so haunted just really quickly oh well it was actually nothing i'm really kind of surprised that they didn't bring me to some place else that really had a more serious issue i was very surprised but the only good thing about it was is that this guy had a great bakery <laughs> and he actually gave us some cake and he also gave the radio station a cake as a matter of fact he was so good at what he did he actually went on the internet and on our websites, they had a website too, it was 2004, and put a picture on the cakes he gave us. And so I nice. thought that was really nice, you know? And so that whole thing was very uneventful. I just simply cleared but it, was, it. But it was a setup for the eclipse. It just happened to be on the same night where this incredible, that was early in the morning. The clearing happened at six o'clock in the morning. This was a morning show on the radio. So the clearing began at six o'clock sharp in the morning. And then this happened, what happened to me that very night happened, maybe say about eight or nine o'clock at night. It just happened to be on the same day. And that's why I mentioned it at all. I don't think it had anything to do with the bakery. There were no spirits in there. Well, the only spirits that might be in there would be positive spirits trying to smell cake. This guy was really good at doing all this stuff. He only made really gourmet things. And I said, wow, am I lucky? It could have been a slaughterhouse, which I've cleared many times, many different kinds of slaughterhouse situations and factories and all of this. I said, wow, I get to go into a bakery and do a clearing. I said, that's pretty nice. And all right, so Jeffrey. it really was kind of a thing, good thing. So, Jeffrey, I, I have to go now. However, I would definitely love to have you back at some point because you have a million stories that we haven't even scratched the surface, I'm sure. And I have so a thank lot you more much. that your audience would find interesting. And Sean, I'd be happy to come back on the show. I have some things I could tell your audience that happened to me that'd be even more wild, you know, like to them, even more interesting than what I told you about what happened to me, like say in midair. I have even more interesting things that have happened to me. We just didn't have time. I appreciate you, Jeffrey. And we'll definitely talk soon. Thank okay. you. Thanks, Sean. If you enjoyed today's video, please hit like and subscribe, and also hit the notification button so you can be notified whenever I post new content. Thank you. Now, if you're enjoying the channel and you want to support it, there are several things you can do. In fact, there are five things you can do. The first thing you can do is just buy my books. 
I got plenty of books out in the market right now, and I would prefer that folks buy a book rather than giving me direct support because they get something out of it. They have a real tangible product. The second way you can support me is by becoming a member on YouTube or becoming a patron on Patreon. And just go to either site and it'll explain everything. third way you can support the channel is by checking out my merch site, which is here. There's plenty of stuff that you could get to support the channel. And I'd appreciate that you, you have it and you can wear it. Not only do you help support the channel, but you also help promote the channel. And I appreciate that. The fourth way that you can support the channel, and this is really easy, is anytime you want to buy something on Amazon, literally just go to the description below and click on any link, literally any link. The channel gets a cut of that, and it costs you no extra money. You just go through the link as I'm part of the Amazon Affiliates Club. The fifth and final way you can support the channel is through donations. Now, I don't prefer these because it's more of an expression of gratitude, but you don't really get anything out of it as a subscriber to the channel. However, if you decide to do these options, there's two options. There's Buy Me A Coffee, which is a separate site, and there's also you can go through YouTube with either a Super Chat, Super Sticker, or a Super Thanks. Again, I prefer Buy Me A Coffee because that organization takes less money than Amazon does. But either way, I appreciate any support you are willing to give the channel. So thank you very much and keep watching. I really appreciate it.